Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. And by the Committee of 100 for the Ozark Folk Center, preserving Ozark folk culture since 1974 through music roots, craft apprenticeships, and the Heritage Herb Garden. Learn more at OFC100.org. Howdy, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, we offer a collection of consummate cowpoke crooners recorded live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, as well as commentary from these bovine balladeers. Our producer, Jeff Glover, has found an archival recording that he's pretty excited about, and writer, professor, and historian Dr. Brooks Blevins discusses the origin of some odd words and pronunciations in the native dialect of Ozarkian. That's this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. One of America's best-loved and most enduring cowboy singers, Don Edwards, is an American treasure. His love and passion for traditional cowboy songs is second to none and has earned him a fan base worldwide. He knows the songs, the stories, and even some of the old trails that made the Old West famous. Accompanied by his trusty guitar, Don takes us on a trip back in time when cowboy singers and songs echoed through the trails, taverns, and cattle drive camps of yesterday. Well, I beat my way wherever any winds have blown Bummed along from Tucson and down to San Antonio From Cheyenne up to Frisco Over plains and hills Once you get the habit, you can't keep still I've been a lot of places where I'd like to stay I gets to feeling restless and then I'm on my way I ain't the kind for sitting on my own door sill Cause once you get the habit you can't keep still And I ride wherever the wind blows Just drifting like a tumbleweed I'm just a wandering true and a song in my old guitar is all I need Well, been in rich men's houses And I've been in jail When it's time for leaving I'll just hit the trail I'm a human bird of passage And the songs I sing once you get the habit, you can't keep still. And I ride wherever the wind blows. I'm drifting like a tumbleweed. Cause I'm just a wandering troubadour. And a song in my old guitar is all I need. Thank you. 
That was happening from about 1868 to about 1920. Now, the cattle drives were long gone after that, but I'm just saying those people singing and playing music, the popularity of it went into the 21st century, I mean, into the you know 20th century, I mean. And by doing that, they had, uh, you know, saved a lot of these, either these old songs or they made them up themselves, but they were the one, the carriers of it, you know what I mean? They just brought it all around. Uh, like I say, the cattle drive era was, by 1893, it was, it was gone, it was over with. So the only documentation was a guy like Will C. Barnes, who took it upon himself to chronicalize all these, is that a word? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so he would think of these things and he would, you know, write them down because most of the cowpunchers didn't care about that. And so we really lost a lot of that. But they heard it all the time. So they, you don't think, I mean, a 20-year-old kid, you're not going to, he's not going to pay attention. He's wanting to get to the next cow town so they can go out and have some fun, you know, and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, they weren't, but some of these older people like, like Will C. Barnes, like Jack Thorpe, they collected this stuff, and if it wasn't for them, we would not have it. All that stuff had been gone, would be gone away. Was a cowboy I knew in South Texas, and his face was burnt deep by the sun. He's part history, part sage, and part Mexican. And he was there when Pancho Villa was young And he'd tell you a tale of the old days When the country was wild all around Sit out under the stars of the Milky Way And he'd listen while the coyotes howl And they'd go, have gone, and Geronimo's gone, and Sandlid has gone, and the red wolf is gone, and the buffalo's gone. Well, he cursed all the roads and the oil men, even cursed the automobile. Said, this ain't no place for an hombre like I am. In this new world of asphalt and steel. Then he'd look off someplace in the distance at something only he could see. He'd say, all that's left now of the old days are them damned old coyotes and me. And they go, Have gone and Geronimo's gone. Stan Watty is gone. 
And the red wolf is gone And the buffalo's gone Then one morning they searched his adobe He disappeared without even a word And that night as the moon crossed the mountain One more coyote was heard And he'd go Nebraska and you know all up through that country but they were professionals you know and and uh, they never made any claims of being a cowboy they just followed those trails because they knew that that's where there was money to be made you know just I mean it's they finally they drew enough of these songsters out and uh, learned how to collect all these songs and everything that they had sung all the years that they were you know roaming around the cattle trails and places and They'd go to those towns, and cow towns mostly, you know, and cattle towns, or they called the way they called them. Now, some, now some of them were cowboys. That uh, uh, Charlie Willis, who worked for the XIT in the Texas Panhandle, he went up the trail several times, and uh, he he learned these songs, and uh, you know, people just little things he heard, just like he would normally do, and. Uh, he would listen to these songs, but he the most famous thing that he wrote was uh, "Goodbye Old Paint," and uh, he he's you know you don't question because there was no copyrights in those times you know I mean there was nothing to they just felt like writing a song and said do you like this you know or don't you you know or whatever and but a guy like Charlie Willis he uh, he taught it to a guy uh, going up the trail and finally it just was one guy and another guy and uh, you know pretty soon people were singing the song you know. Chisholm too You drove 3,000 Up to Kansas City You wintered with Teddy Blue Here's looking at you Here's looking at you You rode with Ranger Goodnight You helped him tame the land You learned the unknown just like it was the back of your hand when you rode for the brand when you rode for the brand went three times to Sedalia with a cook and a six-man crew you came damn near losing the herd in your hair to a parcel of renegade Sioux but you saw it through Yes, you saw it through You courted the dance hall beauties Until they picked your pockets clean You let it happen once, you let it happen twice Up in Dodge and Abilene And every place in between 
every place in between. From a heat waving polypento into the frostbite on Raton Pass. You loose herded cattle through a southwestern drought in the quest for water and grass. I lackin' to laugh. You're hunting water and grass. You drove home the fittest survivors when word come a late summer rain. You reveled in respite for weary riders and three pounds a day in gain. Three pounds again, covered come the same. Well, it's a poor way to make a living. You threatened to quit, but then, when the herd bedded down at the shank of evening, you knew you'd do it over again through the thick and the thin. You do it over again. Well, it's a poor way to make a living. Oh, you threatened to quit, but then, when the herd bedded down at the shank of evening, knew you'd do it over again through the thick and the thin. You do it over again. Now a half dozen generations, they have mourned your passing on. But you were just starting what still ain't over, and your spirit saddles up in the dawn, for you are not gone. No, you are not gone. For we see you in the steel dust, and the spark flying off of the shoe. And maybe we're here living what you never dreamed of, but you lived what we never knew. Here's looking at you. Here's looking at you. Here's looking at you, cowboy. Here's looking at you. Thank you very much. They play opera house sometimes. They'd, they'd play in, you know, places like that. But primarily, they, they were saloons where they heard this music first or somewhere on the trail. You know, there's some some guys, you know, if a harmonica or something, you know, and just get in there and go to playing some tunes. And, you know, pretty soon you get, you know, somebody gets a fiddle out, you know, because you couldn't, anything bigger than that, you couldn't carry it on a trail with you. Right, you know, right. I mean, you couldn't play the guitar as such oh absolutely yeah they, they do just like now they call it busking right i mean that's you know you you're on the street corner and fill up your guitar case with coins and things you know and yeah. it was just i mean it was something handed down through those generations you know i made up my mind in the early morn to leave my home where i was born and to leave my native home a while and travel west for many a mile. Well, it was in the year 
of 83 When old Jim Stinson says to me Says, young fellow, I want you to go Follow my cattle into Mexico It was in the springtime of the year I hired on to drive the steers It was a long and lonesome go As the herd rolled on to Mexico When we arrived in Mexico I wanted my girl but I could not go so I wrote a letter to my dear not a word from her did I ever hear when I returned to my once loved home inquired for the girl thought was my own they said she'd married a richer life therefore cowboy seek another wife oh curse your gold and your silver too curse the girl that won't prove true I'll go right back to the Rio Grande and get me a job with the cowboy band Oh buddy, oh buddy Please don't go Don't forever Be on the roam I know there's girls More true than I Please don't go Where the bullets fly Listening to Texas native Don Edwards singing some of his finest cowboy songs. In that set, we heard Don sing The Habit, one of my favorites, Coyotes, Here's Looking at You, and Trail to Mexico. After a short break and a trip to the vault with Jeff Glover, we'll be hearing more cowboy songs from The Real Deal, the late Glenn Orlin. This is Ozark Highlands Radio.
Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Every week about this time, I like to go down to the vault and see what's going on. I think Jeff Glover is down there today. Let's take a trip down and see what's happening. Hey, Jeff. Well, hello, Dave. Looking good down here. You've got it pretty well cleaned up. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Getting better every day. You are, yeah. Hey, you know, I've just recently I've remembered that we recorded our 50th anniversary show. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of mention and some words actually there by Tommy Simmons, who was the mayor of Mountain View back at that time. Very and, important guy. And, and played a lot at the Folk Center here with his family in the early days. But I didn't hear anything of another old-timer who's still around and still at it, and that's Dean Hinesley. He was a great guitar picker. Have you got anything by him down here? Dean Hinesley. Yes, as a matter of in my cleaning. Just, let me see here. Here it is. Yeah, I knew I had this. This is Dean Hinesley um, picking a little guitar on a tune called Letter Edged in Black. Have you heard of that one? I've heard the song before, but I've never heard it picked. It's a great tune. Yeah, yeah. He does a really, really good version of it. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to. All right. Dean, all right. What that's is such a clean, simple version of that song. I just love that kind of guitar playing. It really, really is nice. Just nice and easy and mellow. Nothing too flashy. You really get the melody. You get to hear the tune. You, you can recognize the tune the that's way right. he plays it. But he plays it just smooth as glass. That's right. Dean worked for years for the Forest Service here in Stone County. He's fought many forest fires and been a picker on the square for years and years. And he and Tommy Simmons are both still around. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. They're getting a little long in the tooth, though, like the rest of us. No. <laughs> Impossible. Hey, look, thanks a lot, Jeff. I'll, I'll see you again next week, okay? Absolutely, Dave. My pleasure. Bye. Bye. One of the most colorful fellows to grace our stage here in Mountain View, Arkansas, was the late Glenn Orland. Born in Minnesota in 1926, Glenn ran away from home at the age of 15 and worked on cattle ranches all across the American West. He rode saddle broncs in the rodeo circuit through the 1940s and 50s, all the time building an extensive repertoire of cowboy songs and poems learned from his cowboy contemporaries. 
Glenn put his extensive knowledge and years of experience collecting Western folk songs into a book, The Hellbound Train, as well as performing his authentic style of cowboy poetry and prose. Orland performed at cowboy poetry gatherings across America and at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. Let's listen to a few of Glenn's songs, poems, and stories delivered in his laconic style. Well, you've heard a lot of stories about a cowboy's life so free. I suppose that you could tell me what a cowboy's life should be. He wears a fancy outfit, shoots up every town, he rescues lovely maidens, and he mows them rustlers down. Now, you may think that that's the way a cowboy's life should be, but it ain't no better roses you can take this tip from me. It's early in the springtime, the first job you undertake is to shoe up all your horses till you think your back will break. You can ride a center fire or a rim fire if you will, it really doesn't matter, you'll have your troubles still. You can take your dally welters and lose a lot of hide, and if you chance to miss them, you've surely got to ride. Or you can tire hard and fast and throw away the slack, and if your yearling hub's a sapling, well, you're bound to slip the pack. Now, when you cowboyed all your life, here's what it'll do for you. Some busted ribs and shoulders and a knockdown hip or two. You've butted into cedars until your hair is hard to find. The malpies and the granites got you all stove up behind. Now, if you have a youngster and he wants to foller stock, the best thing you can do for him is to brain him with a rock. Or if a rock ain't handy, you can throw him down a well. Don't let him be a cowboy, he's better off in hell. Anyway, here's one about the outlaw, Cole Younger. Now, we got a lot of youngers around Stone County, so I won't tell the great big old story that goes with it that I tell other places. Just sing the song. <laughs> I am a reckless highwayman, Cole Younger is my name. Deeds of desperation has brought my friends to shame. The robbing of the Northfield Bank I never can deny, for which I am a poor prisoner now in the Stillwater jail I lie. Of all my bold robberies, a story I will tell of a California miner upon him I fell. I robbed him of his money, boys, and I made my getaway, for which I will be sorry of until my dying day. It's now we've got fast horses, as Brother Bob did say. It's now we got fast horses on which to ride away. We'll ride to seek our father's revenge and we will gain the prize. Fight them anti-guerrilla boys until the day we die. We started out for Texas, that good old Lone Star State. On Nebraska's burning prairies, the James boys we did meet. 
With our knives and guns and pistols We all sat down to play A drinking of good whiskey, boys To pass the time away We got on our horses And northward we did go To the godforsaken country Called Minnesota we went to rob the Northfield Bank, and Brother Bob did say, Cole, if we undertake this job, we'll always rue the day. We stationed out our pickets and into town did go. There upon the counter we struck our fatal blow. It's hand to soar your money, boys, and that without delay. We are the notorious youngers and we have no time to play. We got on our horses and we rode out of town. The lawmen pursued us and Jim was shot down. To the brave companions made it home alive. To the brave companions sleep beneath Minnesota skies. Thank you. And uh, I see Pop and Sean and Liz, too, in Wyoming every April, out in Cody, Wyoming, at the Cowboy Music Deal. And the last time I was out there, I drove up into downtown in Cody to the Irma Hotel, and everybody hangs out there in the bar. And I see Pop standing outside. And he'd come the same way I had, out across the... Arapaho Indian Reservation south of uh, Thermopolis and he'd gone through Shoshone and through Thermopolis Metiche and into Cody but while he was in Shoshone he went into a bar and an Indian in there said hey cowboy come here so Pop goes over to him and the Indian said got a riddle for you you tell me the riddle and I'll buy you a beer you can't tell the riddle, you buy me a beer. Pop says, okay. So the Indian says, well, it's my mother's child, but it's not my brother and it's not my sister. Who is it? Pop couldn't think of who it was. He said, I don't know, I'll buy you a beer, but who is it? And the Indian said, well, it's me. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, you know. And uh, so they had a couple beers and Pop got to Cody before I did, and so I drives up to Irma Hotel, and there's Pop standing on the corner, and he said, Hey, Glenn, come over here, and I got out of my pickup truck. He said, uh, got a riddle for you. He said, uh, if you can't answer it, you buy me a beer. I said, okay. If, I, if you can't answer it, I'll buy you a beer. I said, well, that's fair enough. Let's, let's go on with it. He says, well, it's my... Mother's child, but it's not my brother, and it's not my sister. Who is it? And I thought and thought, and I couldn't imagine who it was. So I said, I don't know. I'll have to buy you a beer. But tell me, who is it? He says, well, it's some Indian down there in Shoshone. <laughs> Here's one about anybody who's worked around ranches has run into an old cow horse that he's broke good, and he likes to work cows. But he's just got to buck a little bit in the morning, sometimes pretty good and sometimes not so good. But 
fact, I own one like that out here on Dodd Mountain. But the name of this old horse was Walking John. <clears throat> well, Walking John was a big rope horse from over Morongo Way. When you laid your twine on a range and steer, old John was there to stay. And if your rope was stout enough and your terrapin shell stayed on, dally welt or hard and fast, it was all the same to John. When a long-eared calf would crook his tail, deciding he could not wait, Old John was right there after him. He'd strike an amazing gait. He'd bust through the murderous choya spikes without losing an inch of stride. Now maybe you wished you was home in bed, but brother, he made you ride. Now walking John was big and stout, sure-footed and Spanish broke. But I'll tell the cross-eyed universe he sure enjoyed his joke. As soon as the morning sun come up, he bogged his head right down. Till your shaps was a-flappin' like an angel's wings and your hat was a floatin' crown. Now that was breakfast regular, and whether you fell or stuck, at throwing a wing ding, John was there a teaching the world to buck. But as soon as he got it off in his chest and the world came back in sight, he'd settle right down like an eight day clock with the innards piled in right. But John was sold to a dude ranch, willing to take the chance. Of John becoming a gentleman, not afraid of them tourists' pants. But as soon as he saw them toy balloons, what's war on the tourists' legs? Somehow it must have spooked old John, cause he walked like he went on eggs. But then one day a dude come round, bogged down in a pair of shaps. That plum disguised his ignorance, or so he thought, perhaps. He come up to the old corral, went floundering up to the boss. But the boss, he read his ticket right, and he give him a gentle haul. Now walking John had never bucked for a year come the first of June. But I'll tell the cross-eyed universe he recollected soon. That dude took off like a flying bat, went streaking across the sky. He weren't dressed to aviate, but brother, he sure did fly. Well, we pulled him out of a choya bush and part of his clothes stayed on. We felt of his spokes and we wired his folks. It was all the same to John. Thank you. Thank you. I had a request a while ago, and if you've been here a lot, you've heard me do this. And his request, he said, don't sing no more. Uh, tell a poem. I said, okay, what poem you want? He said, the one you always tell. I said, the help here is really sick of it. He said, I don't care, I want to hear it. 
But it's a real serious subject for a cowboy poem. It deals with life and death and all that. The name of it is written by a friend of mine in Montana, Wally McRae, third or fourth generation rancher up there in southern Montana. And it's about reincarnation. And you know what that is. That's when you kick the bucket and you come back as somebody else or something else. If you're real mean, really bad to everybody, you come back as a kid's horse. And the kid just rides the hell out of you all the time. But if you're fairly decent, it might turn out like this. And it goes like this. What is reincarnation, a cowboy asked his friend. It starts, his old pal told him, when your life comes to its end. They comb your hair and wash your neck and clean your fingernails, put you in a padded box away from life's travails. Now the box in you goes in a hole that's been dug in the ground. Reincarnation starts in when you're planted beneath that mound. Them clods melts down just like the box and you who is inside. And that's when you're beginning your transformation ride. And in a while the grass will grow upon your rendered mound until someday upon that spot a lonely flower is found. And then a horse may wander by and graze upon that flower that once was you and has now become your vegetative bower. Now the flower that the horse done eat along with his other feed makes bone and fat and muscle that's essential to the steed. But there's a part that he can't use so it passes through, and there it lies upon the ground, this thing that once was you. <laughs> and if perchance I should pass by and see this on the ground, I'll stop a while and I'll ponder at this object that I've found. I'll think about reincarnation and life, death and such. And I'll come away concluding. Why, you ain't changed all that much. <laughs> the late Glenn Orland reciting Wally McRae's poem about reincarnation. Glenn began that set with the poem entitled Don't Be a Cowboy, followed by the ballad of Cole Younger, his story about the mother's child riddle, and the song Walking John. Let's take another short break. When we return, our friend Dr. Brooks Blevins discusses the origin of some odd words we hear in the Ozarks. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio.
Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Our friend Brooks Blevins knows more about Ozark folklore than anybody we know. This week, he delves into the unique Ozark dialect. Like many Ozarkers in the mid-20th century, my grandparents spent a good deal of time on the migrant workers' trail. And like migrant workers everywhere and in all times, they encountered their fair share of condescension. My Aunt Carolyn told me a story from her childhood. It was just after World War II and the family had made their way to the Yakima River Valley of Washington State, where my grandparents worked in the hops vineyards and apple orchards. One weekend, Grandma and Grandpa cleaned up and took the kids into town for a treat at the Five and Dime. When Grandpa ordered two pokes of corn from a popcorn vendor, recalled my aunt, the exasperated teenager at the counter looked the sunburnt family over, assumed an accusative pose, and replied, Let me guess, you're from Arkansas. There was probably no hiding their southern plebeian roots anyhow, but Grandpa's use of the word poke in place of bag or sack sealed the deal. It was just one of them words that everybody back home in the Ozarks used, but no self-respecting Washingtonian had ever heard of before the hillbillies came to work. For the last part of our series on regional dialect, let's go back in the hills and search for some words you'll need to know if you're going to talk Ozark. According to linguists, vocabulary is one of the most imprecise ways to gauge a region's speech patterns, but quite honestly, it's probably the funnest way. Even in the rural Ozarks today, the vocabulary of young folks differs little from their peers in other places around the nation. Social media, the internet, and television have a way of homogenizing such things. But youngins in the hill country might at least be familiar with some of the old words still in use by their elders. Words like Grandpa's poke, a Middle English term with roots in an old Norman French word that also spawned the English pouch or pocket. Once a common word in the colonies, poke survived as the most popular term for a paper sack in Appalachia and the Ozarks. And poke isn't the only Ozark word with likely roots extending all the way back to Old Norse, courtesy of the Normans who conquered southern England or the Vikings who left a strong imprint on Scotland and Ireland. Cows don't low or moo in the hill country, they bawl, a term very similar to the Old Norse bala for the lowing of a cow. In most places in the English-speaking world, the word ill refers to sickness, but there are still folks in the Ozarks who are ill when they're angry. Just leave her alone, she's iller in a hornet today. Sounds pretty much like the Old Norse iller, meaning difficult, mean, or even evil. Brogan for a common shoe and muley for a cow with no horns are derived from old Gaelic words that made their way across the Atlantic with the Scots-Irish. Those immigrants from Ulster also brought over Irish and work brickle. The first means it's a little nippy. Shut that window, Arlene, it's Irish in here. You may still come across that one here in the 21st century, but you're less likely to hear a hard-working, industrious person referred to as work brickle. Two words that are still in common use in the rural Ozarks are sook and stob. Sook most likely represents a Scottish pronunciation of the word suck, as in a suckling calf. Every farmer has his or her own variation of a cattle call back in the hills, but it would be a rare one without a sook-sook in it. Similarly, the word stob is probably just an old Scottish version of stab or stub. In fact, stob can be used as a noun or a verb. The term most commonly describes a short, blunt stick or the stump of a bush or sapling. Billy just bush hogged that back field and they stobs everywhere. If you don't watch it, you'll stop a tar. 
But many of the unusual words you'll find in the vocabulary of older Ozarkers have no clear origin. For generations, a bald was a treeless hill. The region's most famous homegrown vigilantes and Branson, Missouri's original live musical act were the bald knobbers. A jag was an armful or a small amount of something. In my family, it always referred to firewood. The word gom, which means to dirty up, was always the last part of mess and gom. If a feller was jubrous, he was very excited, and to dance juber was to move or flail about wildly. A tree or a log whose wood was partially decayed is said to be doty, and spunk water is what you'll find in a hollowed-out doty log or a stump. Some folks believed it was medicinal. In a place with very little level land, it's no surprise that we Ozarkers have a multitude of words for something that is crooked, askew, or off-center. There's cattywampus, whopper-jawed, or in my family, whomper-jawed, and anti-goglin, sometimes psi-goglin. I'll admit that I was probably 30 years old before I figured out that this fancy creature called a cicada was just the noisy summer bug we call a jarfly. More often, Ozarkers came up with their own pronunciations of words that other folks used. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you that I already had PhD in hand by the time I realized that what the rest of the English-speaking world called sumac was the little bush we called shoemake. I was just as advanced in life when it dawned on me that our directly was someone else's directly, and roast nears were more accurately roasting ears. I'll be over directly to get me a jag of them roast nears. A ballad was a ballot. A salad, a salad, especially in the context of poke salad. And that's not a salad in a paper sack, but a meal made from the green leaves of pokeweed. A forehead was a fard, it was airy, not any, and the past tense of reach was wretch. Some folks in the Ozarks still hold beans and peas instead of shellum. And Cairo may be a brand of corn syrup or a town in Georgia, but in the Ozarks it's also a verb meaning to pitch a fit or raise a fuss. You hear them dogs a K-rowing last night? They must have been after a haint. And that's a ghost, by the way. Or a witch. On that note, here's a genuine Ozark talker, Mary Briscoe of Carroll County, Arkansas. She'll take us out with an old family story about a witch and black cats recorded back in 1951. It's courtesy of the University of Arkansas's Ozark Folk Song Collection. And uh, so that... that uh... When they married then, they moved in a big old 20-roomed house, 20 foot wide, and Grandma had gone to bed, and every night they'd come in and, and dance around. Nine black cats would come and dance around the floor. <laughs> and there wasn't a black cat in but, the country. Now, go ahead. And every time where you, get it, where you get one in the house, it's got to go back out at the same hole it come in at. And it was just a new house. And so he fixed him a chinkin' to fit that hole that they'd come in at every night. Here they come in dancing around, and and before he could get that chunk in to save his neck, every one of them had gone out, mm. but one, one old big fat cat said couldn't get out the hole, and they they was out there and they uh, talking to themselves and picked the chinkin' back out, and Grandma said, "Give it to the old witch. She had a he did poking her nearly to death over the top of the fireplace." And just as she said that, that cat jumped plumb from that far place, far board, and jumped back there and was just scratching Grandma's cap over her head nearly. But again that time, why, they had got the chinkin' out, and, and uh, when they got it out, why, this woman went on out, same place she come back in. The next day, there's an old woman there just might near it dead with the, where they'd bruised her up. Thanks, Brooks.
So far in this week's show, we've celebrated cowboys. Now we'll feature a cowgirl. Patsy Montana was an American country music singer, songwriter, and actress. Montana was the first female country performer to have a million-selling single with her signature song, I Want to Be a Cowboy Sweetheart, and is a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. She was a mainstay on the National Barn Dance and Chicago radio station WLS for many years. Born Ruby Blevins in Beaudry, Arkansas, the 11th child and first daughter of a farmer, Patsy attended schools in President Bill Clinton's hometown of Hope, Arkansas. She was influenced early on by the music of Jimmy Rogers and paved the way for women in the male-dominated world of country music. With an eagle up above Makes me want to fly away before my time I think God must be a cowboy at heart He made the wide open spaces from the start He made the grass, the trees, the mountains And a horse to be a friend and trails lead old cowboys home again now life in the city is all right for a while it sure makes you feel good when you're there but the country is so pretty it goes on for miles and miles makes a little feeling cat and cares I think God must be a cowboy at heart. He made the wide open spaces from the start. He made the grass, the trees, the mountains, and a horse to be a friend, and trails to lead old cowboys home again. And trails to lead old cowboys home again. You know, uh, Jimmy Davis, the ex-governor of Louisiana, some of his earlier records, I played the violin and yodel with him. Not fiddle. I never could fiddle. I couldn't pat my foot right or something. My first record was made in New York City with Jimmy Davis, first recording. And on that session, I went to New York. Uh, can I backtrack a little bit? Oh, sure. I was home again on a vacation. My folks had never heard me on the air. So I went down to KWKH, Freeport, Louisiana, just walked in and said, well, go on the air. <laughs> you could do that then. And I was on the air for about two weeks. Just no money, just having fun. And uh, so Jimmy Davis heard me on the air, and he called up and asked me if I'd like to go to New York on a recording session. I didn't pay no attention. Here's some guy calling me up. I wasn't born with ten brothers for nothing. You know, I wasn't going to bite on something like that. But my brother said, oh, yeah, Jimmy Davis is a big shot here in town. I never heard of He was city clerk at that time. So me and my brother went out to see him, and I guess my brother okayed him. Well, anyway, I ended up going to New York, and um, during this session, someone, I don't know who it was, said, let's see how Patsy sounds for herself. And I sang, um, and the flowers of Montana are blooming, I believe it was. And that was the first time that I heard my voice. And the only way I can describe it, I want to go out and eat worms. <laughs> you know, you never sound like you think you do, really. And that was actually my first recording. And it was released as an RCA Victor record. One side was, don't you love your daddy too? And when the flowers are, Montana are blooming. 
Yes. Ooh, I just sang real southern. I thought I'd lost my southern accent, but I sure <laughs> had it on that record. You know, back when I started in radio, there wasn't many girls around, so therefore there weren't many girls' songs. So I learned real early to take boys' songs and make girls' songs out of them. I'm sure you all heard the old cowboy song called Strawberry Roam. Well, this is the female version called She Buckaroo. And B flat and A kid A with it, yeah. I do that let you know I play in two keys. Some gals, they like babies and houses and things. Give me the feel of a horse that has wings. I'll ride him straight up, as all cowboys do. I'm a straight riding lassie, a sheep buckaroo. There's a secret in a life for which I sure roam. I'm pining to ride that old strawberry roam. I'll make him hop out like an old kangaroo. I'm a straight riding lassie, a sheep buckaroo. If you make the rodeos, you'll find me right there Riding and a-roping and winning my share Of the prizes they give, make the he-men feel blue I'm a prize-winning lassie, she-buckaroo Sure, I'm stuck on myself, but what do I care? There's no one around me to give me the air But I've never walked home from a trip to the zoo I'm a man-hating lassie, she-buckaroo Someday when I'm ready, I'll ride down the road. I'll rope me a cowpoke that's never been thrown. I'll hog tie him tight till he swears he'll be true. I'm a man roping a lassie, sheep buckaroo. I'll throw away my jeans and get dresses instead. Learn to make biscuits and maybe cornbread. Live in a town, I think that will do. Then goodbye to Patsy the sheep buckaroo. I came my very first time on the barn dance in Chicago. They were having songs about states. And I took the song Texas Plains and just changed the state to Montana. You know, saying just change the states, that's all. But it's a network show, Coast to Coast. So the writer of Texas Plains heard it down on the coast. To this day, he won't speak to me because I still his song. <laughs> well, anyway, the song Texas Plains set my style with the audience of WLS. And... Um, I got tired of singing it, so I wrote another song, I Want to Be a Cowboy Sweetheart, almost like that. The chord progression is almost the same, and it just hit. And the phenomenal thing about girls were not selling. Girls were not popping radio then. They were, we were used. Every band had a girl, but most of the stand there looked pretty. They didn't have a place in radio, but the song happened to click. Who knows? And it's still selling. It still helping me pay the bills, as I say. You never know why things happen. If you did, you'd do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I call it a survivor. Yeah. Let's play a little western style and a western swing. I want to be a cowboy sweetheart. Want to learn to rope and ride. I want to ride o'er the plains and the desert. 
out west of the great divide i want to hear the coyotes howling while the sun sinks in on the west i want to be a cowboy sweetheart the life i love the best Arkansas native Patsy Montana singing, I think God must be a cowboy, she buckaroo, and her signature song, I want to be a cowboy's sweetheart. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show featuring songs of cowboys and cowgirls. This is your host, Dave Smith. We'll see you next week for more good music from the Ozark Mountains. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. (laughs) 